This morning as we get going, we're in this series, The Christian Who Won't Quit. And thus far we have said this, The Christian Who Won't Quit makes sure that there is fellowship with other believers in their life. The statement we made was, The Christian That Won't Quit surrounds themselves with people who love God. So first and foremost, the Christian who won't quit is one who believes in the fellowship of the saints, who believes in the power of fellowship. And can I remind you this morning, as I've preached and taught recently, that there is power in fellowship. Paul tells the Corinthians, he says that God comforted us so that we might comfort others. And so when you come to church on a Sunday morning, when you come to church on Sunday night, Wednesday night, or when you meet someone for lunch, or you have some Bible study, you're coming together to to encourage, to love, to spur each other on, to comfort each other. There is a reason for that. And if you remember, you think about it, if you've ever tried to start a fire, if you've ever tried to cook on a grill, whether you're dealing with wood, logs, or whether you're dealing with charcoal briskets, Whatever you're dealing with, what do you do? You put them together. You put them in a pile and you set them on fire. But when you take that piece of charcoal, when you take that log and you take them away from the fire, what happens? They, they go out. And so the thing I want to remind you this morning is that if you're going to be a Christian who doesn't quit, as we taught three weeks ago, that you've got to surround yourself with people who love God. And that key word that comes to mind there is the word community. There has to be community with other believers. And it happens outside of Sunday morning. Sunday morning is important. That's where we're all, that's where we're taught, where we preach the word of God, where, where we sing together. I don't know about you, but there is power in song. There is power in hymnal. There are power in hymns. Why? Because there's truths of God's word that we need to remember. And then we said that the Christian who won't quit not only surrounds themselves with other believers and has fellowship with other believers, but they also faithfully share the gospel. That's where we kind of stopped last week is the Christian who won't quit faithfully shares the gospel. And we said this when we were talking about the gospel. What is the gospel? Well, the gospel in its essence is the, is the message about the life and the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ. But it doesn't stop there. It's When we talk about the life and the death, the burial, the resurrection of Christ, we also need to remind people, we need to remind ourselves that it is through Christ. It is through that, that sacrificial atonement on the cross that Christ brings salvation to all who believe. Not just some, but to all. So even this person this week that went in our community and shot other people, there that even that person is still has an opportunity to accept Christ. Amen. They are not too far gone from the Lord. And so thank God for people who have prison ministries who go and who who are obedient to the gospel. Now talking about the gospel, why do we use the word gospel? Well, it's also good news. 
And I don't know about you, but in the day and time in which we live, we need some good news. Amen? And if we're in the church, you're here this morning, there is good news that you can go out and you can share with other people. The song that we sing, Nobody. You know, that's really what it's about. What does the song say? I don't want to misquote it. Because I'm just nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, being Christ, you gave my heart a new song to sing. And I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. Right? What a great reminder. What a great truth. You know, this morning, it's kind of like, as we're talking about someone who faithfully shares the gospel, it's kind of like this umbrella. You know, if we were to go outside and we were to do like this, right? If we were to go around like this, is that really how that umbrella is meant to be used, right? It is not, it might, there might be a portion of us that is not going to get wet, but in order for this umbrella to be effective, thank you, Miss Nancy, for allowing me to use your umbrella We have to do what? We have to open it up in order for it to be useful. Just like God's Word. Just like God's Word. We can carry it with us and we can hold it over our heads. We can hold it close to our hearts. But it is not until we open it up that it it intends to be used as God intends it to be used. Amen? And as I prayed and I remind you this morning, I'm so thankful that God's word tells us that his word does not return void. We need to remember that. We need to remember that as we share the gospel, as we encourage people with scripture, as we point them to the Lord, that it does not return void to him. It goes forth to accomplish what God wills. Thank you, Miss Nancy, for letting me use your umbrella. But can I also ask you this question? What are you doing with your faith? Do you know that even after you die, you can continue to be a witness for Christ? Have you ever thought about that? Even after you die, you can be a witness for Christ. I want to tell you this morning a story. So years ago, my grandmother, before she passed away, she gave me one of my grandfather's New Testament Bibles. It was kind of like a, it was one that he, it was very thin, and so it was one that he would have carried with him, I assume, was he went to, on hospital visitations and went to visit people at home. And I'll never forget that I opened that Bible And I flipped through it and I saw some of his underlines and other things. But he wrote something in the beginning. And it said, turn to page 357 in the New Testament. And from there, he took me on a journey through Scripture. Hold that thought, if you will, this morning. I want to invite you to take out your handout that I gave you. And I want to talk about a couple things. So if we're going to share the good news... If we're going to share the gospel, okay, if we're going to share the gospel, then we need to know what the gospel is. The gospel is simply the life, the death, the burial, resurrection of Christ. That's what the gospel is. That's what we're to share. 
But I want you to see this morning on the front side of the sheet, it has John 3.16 written out. Now, some of you have probably memorized it in another translation, but this is the ESV, and I just pulled that because that's what I typically preach and teach from. But listen to what John 3.16 says, and I want us to step through this, but then I want to give you how you can apply this in your life. So if you're going to share the gospel, I want you to know and I want you to think through these points that I'm going to give you on the front sheet and then the application in the later part of the message. But John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now let's step through this worksheet, if you will. I want you to see first that as you're going to share the gospel, you can even maybe fold this up and put it in your Bible, right? And that you could use this as talking points as you're as you're telling others about who Jesus is. And I don't know know about you, but you might say, well, Brother Chris, how are you going to stand and preach John 3.16? Well, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm just amazed that sometimes like in my class that I'm in right now about preaching that we talked about this particular verse. And the points that I'm giving you this morning are the points that we talked about in class. And it's like, wow, I never thought about that before, right? So as we preach and teach, look at it from a new set of eyes. Don't just say, oh, I know John 3.16. Well, no. Do you realize this about John 3.16? So the first blank that you have there is it is a gift of love. It is a gift of of love. If we're going to share the gospel, and this is the gospel in a verse or two verses in particular that a lot of people go to, is that we need to remind people that the gospel, what Jesus accomplished on the cross, is a gift of love. How do we get that? It says, God so loved the world, right? It is a gift of love. Secondly, I want you to see that it is a sacrificial gift. It is a sacrificial gift. Scripture tells us he gave his only son. Do you think that was a sacrifice? Yes. That was a sacrifice. Then we see that it is an eternal gift. It is an eternal gift. Should not perish, but have eternal life. It is an eternal gift. As Jesus went to the cross, it was a gift of love. It was a sacrificial gift, and it was an eternal gift. But it does, Scripture does not stop there. We see that it is a universal gift. It is a universal gift. Why? Because it is whoever or whosoever believes. Amen? We are not the judge of other people. Right? God is. And so one of the things we need to remember that the gospel is for anybody and everybody and whoever or whosoever will believe. But I want you to also see this morning that it is a conditional gift. It is a conditional gift because it says what? Whoever believes. Right? God does not force himself upon us. He wants to have a relationship with us, right? We were created in his image. We were created in his image to have a relationship with him. But it's a conditional gift in the fact that we have to believe who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in order to receive it. It's a free gift as well. Amen? So it is a gift of love. It is a sacrificial gift. It is an eternal gift. It is a universal gift, but it is also a conditional 
gift. Now, I want you to look at the bottom part of the front page of this worksheet or handout that I gave you. And I want you to consider the person, the person or the one who gave it. Scripture tells us who is that? That is God. So we have to consider the person or the one who gave it. Then we have to consider the purpose or the reason why he gave it. The purpose or the reason why he gave it. Why? Because he so loved the world. Was it that he so loved Sumter, South Carolina? Was it that he so loved Bible Fellowship and only what Bible Fellowship was doing? No. We are one piece of the big C church. Amen? We are one piece, just like their arms, legs, ears, hands, eyes, whatever. We are one piece of that. We do not have all the answers. We are not the only way that people can be saved. It's not through coming to Bible fellowship that someone's going to be saved anyway, amen? It's going to be through the shed blood of Christ. So we need to consider the person or the one who gave it, that being God. We need to consider the purpose or the reason why he gave it, and it was because he so loved the world. And then thirdly, I want you to see, we need to consider the price he paid to give it. He gave his only son. Consider the price that he paid to give it. Next, I want you to consider the part that we have in it. Right? We cannot save ourselves. Hear me. We cannot save ourselves. Salvation is not about I am a good person. Salvation is not about I've attended church and been a member of a church. Salvation is not about that I have been baptized. Salvation is not about how I've been tithing all my life. No. Salvation is about the price that Christ paid. It's about the blood. And when you listen to somebody else's story, and you've heard the question asked, well, if you stand before the Lord and he asks you, why should I let you enter? It's not because you're a good person. It's not because you attended church. It's not because you were a member of a church. Not because you were baptized. Not because you knew and could recite scripture. It's only Jesus. It is the shed blood of Jesus. Listen for that in people's stories. Pray for them. Pray for that, that they realize that it is only by the blood of Jesus. It's by God paying the ultimate price, Jesus paying the price that we could not pay. But we have a part in it, and that part is this. Whoever believes in him, we must believe. And then I want you to see the consider the certainty of our possessing it. That we should not perish, but have eternal life. So that in itself, I wanted to share with you this morning because those are great things. As you are witnessing, as you're talking to people in your life, um, those are things that you can begin to share with them and to walk them through that verse. And just make, you don't have to use both parts of that. Maybe you just use the first part and you tell them, hey, do you realize that there's a gift for you? That God has a gift for What is that? What's well, a gift of love? You know, that it was a sacrificial gift. It was an eternal gift. That it's universal. It's for anybody. But oh, by the way, it's conditional. It's for those who will believe. Amen? So, I ask you this question as we transition into the application portion of this morning's message. What are you leaving behind? What 
are you leaving behind? And are you sharing and showing the good news? Are you sharing and showing the gospel in your interactions? So as I share with you this morning, I want us to simply, I've given you a worksheet. I do not want to overwhelm you, but I give you this as an application. I give you this as a tool to be used to share the gospel, right? This portion that we're going into the back, on the back of this sheet, I want you to see it as, you know what? You could use this as a conversation. You could sit down with somebody and say, hey, will you read this? Now, what does this say to you? What is what, what are you thinking right now as you read this? And so here's the application. And if you want after church, I'll be glad to show you because you can look in mine. But just like I told you years ago, I was given one of my grandfather's Bibles and it said, turn to page, you know, 357 in the New Testament. And so this morning, I'd like for you to take your copy of God's word. And I want you to turn over to the book of Romans. So you go through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, then the book of Acts, and then Romans. So if you will, turn over to Romans chapter 3. And so as you're turning there, what I want you to know, and you can go back, you can fill this out as we go, as we read these particular scriptures. But what I'm doing is, in essence, what my grandfather did for whoever picked up his Bible. And I'm thankful. I hope I never lose this copy of God's Word that I have marked up and that I have loved and interacted with so much. But you know what? If I do lose it, just like that Bible that I have of my grandfather's, no matter who picks it up, There is a pathway to salvation. Amen? There is a pathway to show them who they are without Christ, how they can come to know Christ. And so I'm giving you this as a tool this morning. And so all we're basically going to do is just what my grandfather did for me. I don't know where he got it from. I don't know why I was there. I don't know why I was given it. But I was given it for a reason. I was given it for a purpose, if nothing more than to pass it along on October the 27th, 2009, to people at Bible Fellowship Church. God can use this. Why? Because just like that um, umbrella illustration that I gave you earlier, when we open God's Word... It is living and active. Amen. It is powerful. It is uh, sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces so deep to the, to the marrow, to, to within the bones of someone. So as we read through this this morning, I just want you to listen. And so in essence, what you will do, and you can see, I'll show you in my copy later. Mine says, turn to page 941. And then you, what you do is you get to this verse that we're going to read. You highlight it. I used a pink highlighter because I think my grandfather used a pink highlighter. I hadn't used a highlighter in this particular Bible. So these are the only verses that are really highlighted. So what we're going to do is when you read this verse, you're going to highlight this verse. And then at the bottom of the page, you're going to write the next page you want them to go read to. You see you see what we're doing here? You're, you're giving them a pathway of the gospel. So first and foremost, we're going to read Romans 3.23. I'm not going to make a lot of uh, remarks I might make a few as we turn, as we go through this, but we're going to just be a sword drill, if you will, for those of you that remember Awana and just turning and going through God's Word. So the first verse that we send people to is this, Romans three twenty three, and we highlight this, and it says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Highlight it. And then at the bottom of the page, you put turn to the next page. So the next verse of scripture I want us to go to is Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And there we see these words. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
For the wages of sin is death. That's what you and I are owed. You know, you, you talk about people walk around, they talk about, well, I deserve this, I deserve that. The only thing that you deserve is death. But aren't you thankful that there was not only a gift from God, but a free gift of God? And the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right? And so then at the bottom of that, you would say, turn to page whatever. And so now we need to look and see what the next page is. So I want you to turn over to Ephesians. So from Romans, you'll go right and you'll go First uh, and Second Corinthians, then the book of Galatians, and then Ephesians. Why do I do that? Why do I state it like that? Because no matter where you are in your walk in Christ, we need to teach people how to get through the Word of God. Amen? We need to teach them how to find it. So we were in Romans 6.23. Now we're going to be in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. You have this worksheet. You can go back and look at it for yourself. So Romans, 1st, 2nd, Corinthians, Galatians, and then Ephesians. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, we find this. For by grace you have been saved through what? Through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is what? A gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Aren't you thankful for the grace of God? Because it is grace through faith that you have been saved. And it's not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. Now I want you to turn back to the book of Luke. So the third book in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke. We're going to be in Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, verse 13, and we see these words. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but he beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Y'all, there is nowhere in the New Testament a sinner's prayer. You've heard people talk about that. You've heard people talk about a sinner's prayer. The closest you're going to find to the sinner's prayer is Luke 18 verse 13. And in my Bible, I wrote, pray a prayer like this. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Do you see what we're doing here, saints? For those of you who know Jesus, who have a relationship with them, with him, for those of you that may not, you may be on the fence. I want you, I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to you this morning. Do you have this solidified? Do you have this straight in your heart and mind? Are you banking your salvation on something you've done or is it totally a work of God? It is a work of God. This is how we share the gospel. Now I want you to turn over to the book of John, um, to John's gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. So John 3, 16, we read 16, but listen, I want to read 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave, look at these verbs, gave his only son that whosoever or whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Don't stop at verse 16, amen. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved 
through him. Now we tell them we want to send them to the next page. So what I want you to do is as you're reading these verses, maybe you write these page numbers in. Maybe you go back later and you highlight these verses that we've mentioned. And at the bottom of your page in the Bible, you tell them what page to turn to next. Because why are we doing this? We're giving them a pathway to the gospel. You know what? If you don't know what to say and you don't know what to do, sometimes maybe you just sit down and maybe you tell them and you take them to that first verse. And because you don't have to stop and think about it, you look in the front of your Bible and it tells you to turn to this page number and you ask this person to read this and they read it and then you say, okay, let's talk about this. Well, what's it say to do next? Okay, turn to this page. And so in a matter of time, you don't have to rush through this. Maybe you don't get through all of it at one time. But what about how beautiful it would be if you could sit down with somebody and you could take them through the precious word of God and show them who they are without Christ and who they can be with Christ if they will only accept and believe him. In him. That's what the gospel is. That's what the gospel is. So next I want you to go to 1 Corinthians. So book of Romans and then 1 Corinthians. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 or 12 and 13. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure. Really quickly, can I remind you this morning that there is no temptation that has overtaken you that is not common to man. As you struggle with sins in your life, you're not alone. The things that you struggle with, others have struggled with. You are not alone. The enemy wants you to think that you are alone. Then we find that God is faithful. Amen. That's a, that is a word to circle. God is faithful. Then we learn that he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will provide a way of escape. That way of escape is himself. It is Jesus Christ our Lord. But then we're told that you may be able to endure it. Just because you have Jesus in your life does not mean that your life will be without issue. That your life will be without, um, that you'll have to have perseverance. That your life will be, that you will be on easy street. No, he will give you a way and the way is Jesus. And with Jesus, you will be able to go through it. You will be able to endure it. Amen. It is not a prosperity gospel. It is not pray this prayer. It is not do this. It is not that you will be all scot-free, that you'll never have any issues. You'll never have any problems. You'll never have any heartaches. You'll never have any people that aggravate you. You'll never have any people that you want to kill. You'll never have any people that you want to shove down. You have people you want to push away. No, you will be able to endure it with Christ and Christ alone. Then I want you to turn really quickly as time is now. You got to listen faster than you've been listening. This morning, I want you to turn back to the book of Romans. I want you to turn back to the book of Romans, and I want you to look in Romans chapter eight. This is a lot in one message, but you got the worksheet. You can go back in. You can fill in these page numbers. You can highlight these verses. You can tell people to turn to page whatever. And you, even after you're gone, how precious it would be for your grandchild or your great grandchild or even your child that as they pick up your Bible. 
Or if your Bible's ever lost, whoever picks that word of God up has the way to salvation. Amen. They know who they are. They're a sinner in need of a Savior. And so I want you to look with me in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Turn to chapter 10 in Romans. Then you'll see Romans uh, chapter 10 verse 1. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Is that your prayer? Is that a prayer? We could stay here and camp out on verse 10. My heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. Are you praying for the salvation of others? Are you praying that others might be saved? What a great reminder from Paul this morning in Romans chapter 10 verses 1. Then we see in Romans 9 and 10, but... Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not you might be saved, but you what will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and saved. It is important to confess the Lord before men. Amen. Because Scripture tells us, For those who proclaim me among men, I will proclaim to the Father. Those who don't, I won't. We are are to confess we are to live our faith out to be obedient and to point others to Christ then we see verse 13 listen for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved amen if you believe in your heart if you confess with your mouth verse 13 for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved we need to do like the the publican did there in one of the other verses that we highlighted already. Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. God, come and save me. I cannot do it on my own. Then verse 21. But of Israel, he says, all day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. Friends, God is holding out his hands to you. He's holding out hands to people that are in your circle of influence. He's still holding out his hands to people that you come in contact with each and every week. Why? He's holding out his hand, hoping that some may come to faith. Then I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter uh, six. Now, see, well, you couldn't turn to all these places, but if you have this outline and you write these page numbers down, you can quickly and easily get there. So 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. And just highlighting a portion of this verse in verse 2. In favorable time I listen to you. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Amen. As you're sharing the gospel, for one of you here this morning who might not know the Lord, who might not have accepted the Lord as your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. Of salvation, And then I want you to turn back with me to the book of Acts. The last point of scripture that we're going to look at this morning in this application that I'm giving you. I want you to look at Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 verse 35 through 39. Acts chapter 8 verse 35 through 39. Then Philip opened his mouth. And beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. Friends, 
Right there in verse 35, we have to open our mouths. We have to speak it. We have to proclaim it. We have to make Jesus known. And the Christian who won't quit is one who finds fellowship with other believers, those who love the Lord. But also the Christian who doesn't quit is one who faithfully shares the gospel. Here in Acts, we see Philip open his mouth and beginning with this scripture, the scripture above, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they went, as they were going along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see here here is water. And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away and the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. Friends, why did I share this with you this morning? If you won't come, look at my copy of God's Word. But this is a pathway. This is an opportunity for you to share the gospel, to let the Word of the Lord speak. You can boil it down and, and Google or look at the Romans Road to Salvation, sure. But to me, this that my grandfather left that I just by happenstance happened to pick up and happened to begin to investigate is something that will preach and teach. Why? Because it is God's holy and precious Word. And it points out out to people who they are without Christ in the state that they are now and who they can be in Christ and how they become a child of God. That is through one's heart that you believe and one's mouth that you confess. So my prayer is for you that you would be like Jesus, that you would be like my grandfather, that you would be like um, Mr. Cook, you would be like him, that you would go about and that you would make much of Jesus. That you would find tools, that you would find resources, that you would allow yourself, as Robbie Gallaty said, to be a vessel through whom God could use his glorious, life-changing gospel to flow to others. i leave you with this question this morning that we asked in Sunday school. How would you respond today if someone asked you about your faith? How would you respond today if someone asked you about your faith? If they asked you how they were to become a child of God, how they could have what you have in your heart and life, do you have that resource to where you could simply say, well, let me show you. Let me take you here and let me show you how you too can be saved. Friends, the Christian that won't quit is the one who finds fellowship with other believers, is one who faithfully shares the gospel. And next week, I want you to see that it's one who focuses on the kingdom of God. I encourage you, if you have not come on Sunday night, I encourage you to come tonight because it is a continuation of this. Our lesson this morning lined up, and I don't want to give it away, but I just invite you to come. I look forward to the discussion. It's a passage of Scripture in Corinthians that I do not fully understand. I do not know. I have wrestled with some this week. I will wrestle with this afternoon. But you know what? I look forward to the conversation, and I thank and I praise God that He is faithful. Amen. And that he is still changing hearts. He's still saving people. And he is still um, accomplishing his will as we are obedient to him. Amen. Bow with me with a word of prayer. Father God, I thank you so much. Lord, I thank you for just that Bible that I opened. And I looked at the highlights and I looked at some of the things that he underlined. But God, then I turned back to that page and it said, turn to page 357 in the New Testament. God, in those moments as I began to read, I read and then noticed, we'll turn to page 
379. And so God, through that, though he was dead, he still speaketh. And he gave his testimony and gave how someone, whoever, me, anyone else who ever picked up that Bible might know how to be saved. And so God, I thank you for that resource. I thank you for that treasure hunt that you sent me on that day as I began to read, as I began to process what your word was saying to me, that that was a clear and concise picture of the gospel. It was a clear and concise picture of the good news of salvation that is for all who will believe. God, thank you that your salvation is for all. And I pray this morning as we ask, Lord, if someone asks us, are we ready to share our faith? Are we, do we have the tools that we need to point them to you? God, we can simply say, here's who I was before I met Jesus. Here's how I met Jesus. And here's who I have been like since I've met him. Father, I pray this week that you would guide us in spirit and truth. Help us to be obedient, to point others to you, to pray with others, to love others, to encourage others, to be compassionate to others, to forgive others just as you have forgiven us. Father, we ask that you go with us, that we may find time to rest and renew today because that is what you intend your Sabbath to be, a day of rest that we may be renewed for the week to come. Father, thank you for these, your people, who faithfully come week in and week out. Help us to continue to make much of Jesus and to invite people to hear life-changing messages that come from your word. Father, we thank you and we love you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.